It's Thursday, so you know what that means, trap games. But there's only four ACC matchups happening this weekend, but they're all super important to the various teams competing. Miami, maybe they can finally get a win, but it will be will it be at Lane Stadium? It remains to be seen, as well as the rest of this. North Carolina and Duke, probably one of the biggest coastal matchups you'll see all seasons. A lot to talk about in today's show, and Alex Dono is here to join us. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thanks so much for joining me today. Joined by Alex Zano from Locked On Canes. Each and every day, you can find us here on the Locked On ACC podcast, well, mainly just me, but with my round of co-hosts. And Alex, of course, hosts Locked On Canes, where you can find all of your Miami Hurricane content is good enough there. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. We got a lot to go over today. It's Trap Game Thursday, but there's four, only four matchups that we have to go over. So we can all just sift through and figure out how it's going to go. And Alex, of course, is the expert here. So he's got the first one at the gate. So I'm feeling good about it. Alex, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing so well. Uh, thank you so much for having me as always. And yeah, only four games, but honestly, these are all games I'm really looking forward to, Candace. Yeah, and it, yeah. and I, I like the fact that, because in my case, you know, I, I, I cover Miami, so I've got, you know, a lot of obligations that come with that. So I'm glad Miami and Virginia Tech, they get their game out of the way early. And then yeah. I've got, you know, the whole, and hopefully I'm not just miserable <laughs> after that. We'll see how that one plays out. And then I've got, you know, NC State at 15 in the country at 18th ranked Syracuse, which is one of the biggest surprises in college football. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't realize this until today, Candace, that Syracuse is over under on wins this year was four and a half. Wow. And it took them five games to go over. Like they're playing with house money for the yeah. rest of the season and they may not have to face Devin Leary. So that, that could be a huge boost for them at home. You know, obviously, uh, you know, being a Miami guy, I, I study Florida State very closely. And Clemson is also a Miami opponent this year. So Clemson at Florida State is huge. And you guys know I'm an ACC coastal junkie. So North Carolina going to Duke this week, I'm all about it. 100%. And listen, you might you might as well just end the show right there. We can boom, bam, we're good to go. But I would love to start with the game that's going to give you the right kind of emotions to set the tone for the rest of your Saturday. Miami facing off against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. And I think that the Hokies are just so desperate for a win that could it come from this game here, especially with the Miami Hurricanes team that seems to be having an identity crisis. I don't know what, whatever's going on. And of course you can give us the inside scoop, but it just feels like you don't have a man have 500 some yards of offense and catch an L like that. That's tough to go. Yeah. This, this feels like a must win game from Miami side. And I'm sure it does from Virginia Tech's side as well. Um, especially like not only did they they lose last week to Pitt, but I think shocking how many rushing yards they gave up. I mean, 326 yards they gave up on the ground. So, you know, you look at it from a Miami point of view, uh, the last two weeks, the Hurricanes running game has been just missing in action. Um, yeah. Part of that was, I think, last week, uh, it was equal parts 
Um, just not getting a whole lot of push from the O-line, uh, who were a lot better in pass pro than they were in run blocking as they've been the last couple weeks. But I think it was also Van Dyke was dealing and they just they didn't want to go away from the hot set of dice. And so I think yeah. they started to call plays where they're like, you know what? Uh, you know, Van Dyke actually looked like the Van Dyke of, of last year. So they just kept letting him chuck the football downfield. And they were playing from behind for most of the game against Carolina. But um, you know, Mario Cristobal, as we know, is obsessive about running the football. And so he would love to get that going again. So, you know, and I'm sure Virginia Tech is looking at what they gave up on the ground last week. And, and they're going to try their hardest to bounce back from that. Miami's going to try their hardest to exploit it. Um, you were very accurate, Candace, in saying that Miami doesn't really have an identity right now. Uh, totally true. I talk a lot about that this week already on Locked on Canes. And a big part of that is not having uh, a lot of success success on the ground the last couple of weeks because that that's the identity they looked like they were establishing for the first three games and then it just wasn't there against North Carolina last week wasn't there against Middle Tennessee a couple of weeks ago uh, you know they they've had running backs banged up you know, it's not you know really an excuse but it is what it is it's the reality of college football this time of year uh, mm-hmm. but it is definitely um, I think one of the best signs coming out of that game is. Tyler Van Dyke obviously is capable of still being a prolific quarterback. Uh, He showed it last week, 496 passing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, He did have the late interception, which was like a really rushed play. I wish he'd done better uh, with that. But uh, and the other thing that's really positive, not only Van Dyke looking like his old self, but Miami's starting to get some answers at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy that I'm going to be looking out for, and I have been like the president of his fan club since July when he came in through the transfer portal, is number 88, Colby Young. It's mm-hmm. taken him a while. He transferred from junior college, so I think it kind of took him a while. He transferred in late. You know, it was in like July, right before fall camp. So I think it took him a while to get up to speed with the playbook. Um, you know, I heard coaches talk about him having some kind of nicks and bruises early in the fall that maybe kind of kept him off the field but this guy's six foot five he's fast he can contest balls uh, caught a big touchdown against North Carolina like it he needs to play more uh, because one of the issues Candace that Miami's really had is just scoring touchdowns in the red zone Uh, they're 78th in the country in red zone touchdown percentage and I think a big way they can do that is get big targets like six foot five Colby Young Six foot five, Will Mallory, six foot five, Jaleel Skinner, the true freshman tight end who's playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. Like, you need to get these guys into the end zone and just throw some balls up to them because chances are whoever's covering them are not going to be nearly as tall. So, create some mismatches. I think that's yeah. something we need to see from Miami this week. And then the other part with this Virginia Tech thing, um, I'm so curious to see what Virginia Tech looks like offensively this week because they are in like the hundreds <laughs> in most every offensive cat. It's offensive how bad their yeah. offense has been. But then at the same time, with some like Miami keeps giving up these long passing plays every week. They gave up a 74 yard touchdown to North Carolina, and, and obviously Drake May and company are going to do that to a lot of people. But it was it was yeah. unfortunate after how much they gave up to Middle Tennessee. So for as much as, you know, Grant Wells and the Hokies passing game hasn't looked great, 
um, you know, you, you have to wonder, like, are they going to look like uh, the 2019 LSU Tigers this week? Are they just are they going to put up like 600 total yards? Because yeah. Miami's just been they, they've been very inconsistent, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they get burned repeatedly in the first quarter against North Carolina. And then in the second half, they only give up, I think, 109 yards of total offense and only six points against one of right. the best offenses in the country. So they're capable of playing better. But they make so many mental mistakes that, like, they can lock you down in the second half, yet you can hit, you know, a 74-yard touchdown. And the one that North Carolina hit was just a coverage breakdown, right? Supposed to be in cover two. The safety help just was out to lunch and just, you know, didn't. And it was it, it was, it was bad. Like, it, it looked really, really bad. And they've given up a handful of broken plays like that. So they've got to get it right for four quarters or they're going to make Grant Wells look like Joe Burrow from a few years ago. A thousand percent. And you said it everything. Well, I guess my only thoughts here in terms of being first year coaches for Pry and for Crystal Ball, the way the fan base is sort of just like let Pry have a little more grace than Crystal Ball, right? The hot seat, especially in year one, six games in is not nearly as crispy as it is for Crystal Ball. How much pressure is on Mario and his coaching staff going into this game? If it's, if it's even competitive, do you still think people are going to be disappointed? Yeah, people are going to be disappointed for sure. Um, it, it's inevitable. I I think that Cristobal, I, I I get to know him a little bit more the longer I get to cover him. Um, I'm not going to say, um, you know, that he enjoys adversity, but I think he was expecting it. And I, I think that he, I don't know, he, he takes like a, a certain amount of pride in just the hard work that it's going to take to turn things around. Like he, yeah. he doesn't seem rattled by, I mean, he's got a 10 year contract, so he's, you know, when it comes to job security, I don't think he's worried about anything like that, no yeah. matter how upset the fans get. But, um, you know, he, I, I think, I think he knew what he signed up for when he came to Miami, right? Like he knew that, you know, he left the program in Oregon that, you know, uh, I, I think Oregon fans, by the way, show up in my comments almost as much as Miami fans do. So I know the yeah. Oregon fans listen to my stuff and they're always like, oh, I'm so glad you took this guy off our hands. But I would still say, I think Mario Cristobal left the Oregon Ducks in a better place than where he found them. And I think yeah. he understood when he was walking away from Oregon, I'm walking away from a place that right now is maybe a little bit more equipped to win than the situation I'm walking into. But I think taking yeah. on that challenge, uh, I think is something he takes pride in. I, I think it's something he expected. So, I mean, there's no like, there's no real hot seat for Cristobal. Fans can say what they want to, um, but yeah, if 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 he doesn't win this game, I can already predict some of you know the tweets I'm going to see, like yeah. 80 million down the drain, 10 year contract down the drain. We're definitely going to see some of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? With, with all the Hutzba are being upset about. That's not what I was trying to say. With all the huff what is it's this nice H word that's a very SAT prep? Maybe. Yes. Well, I was going to say it's like all the huff of fluff or some, some one of the words. I don't oh. I can't find it, but it's going to catch me at the end of the show, of course. You know, with Tyler Van Dyke actually performing well, you say Mario Criswell is not a quarterback whisperer, but hey, look, Tyler figuring it out. Why can't you guys be it's never satisfied? I say all that to say Miami fans can never be satisfied. And I'm just, I think we all made peace with it. But I think with Hokies and you go into Lane Stadium, it is a day game. But still, hopefully there's some energy that Virginia Tech can find because it is a coastal opponent. It is an opportunity to get your first ACC win or second ACC win on the year. And I just hope that they can make it a good game. All right, we're going to talk about the second matchup here, NC State and Syracuse. But first, guys, bet online. 
Net is your number one source for all of your football action this season. If you're looking to get in some good games, there's a lot there for you. As always, Bet Online remains your number one source for sports wagering information, live betting, and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. So if you're looking to get in on this ACC action, I strongly encourage you, or maybe you're ready for the MLB playoffs. It is about to be. We're actually in the thick of Rocktober in terms of your play- playoff action when it comes to baseball. If you're into Aaron Judge, maybe you're just still sad about the Mets. Whatever the thing is, you absolutely have an opportunity to put some money down there at betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. We're rocking and rolling with a D- well, I always get my name. I've gotten my names wrong all week, and that's okay because I have so <laughs> many great hosts, and it's fine. Alex Dono here. From Locked On Canes, I have an AJ, a JJ, an A, Alex. He's just all the things. Locked On Canes host, he helps me each and every Thursday for Trap Game Thursday. Not a lot of trap games here that we have for ACC in Week 7, but still good games nonetheless. NC State and Syracuse face off an undefeated Syracuse team who is looking to try and still make their claim here when it comes to the Atlantic Division. And you also have an NC State team who is holding on, hoping for a little luck when it comes to potentially winning the Atlantic Division. But they are without their star, Devin Leary, who, of course, is going through some injuries of last time. And Mr. Chambers is here to step in and take the helm, although he cannot throw maybe he'll figure it out in this week and how to have a good game. When you see the Wolfpack heading over to Carrier Dome, how confident are you that they can pull out a win? Or is Syracuse really, you know, the right thing? And they've not played, of course, top teams, but of course they played enough to be in the, you know, driver's seat of being undefeated. So how confident can we be that this is just going to be a really good matchup for either team? Yeah, you can't be too confident. I, I think in either direction. I mean, again, like I, I don't, I don't have enough pulse of the Syracuse fan. Although I, I, I should because, um, because they're very uh, loud. Or, 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 well, and also a, a radio co-host of mine, Aronde Gadsden Senior. His his son is the star receiver. So about, I don't know. I don't feel like he's a regular Syracuse fan. So I don't, I don't yeah. really get the pulse of it. Um, but but I, I will say that. It's kind of ironic because um, if you'd looked at this preseason, you'd say, oh, this is a potential trap game for NC State. But yep. Syracuse has done so well. They're 5-0 and and they're ranked that yeah. you can't call it a trap game. Um, I'm very hesitant from a North Carolina State point of view. I think they can still grind out a win here because of their defense. And I just think that their their team is overall better. But Devin Leary, I think, is probably worth six or seven points for them like yeah. Syracuse they're, they're favored to win this game like they're favored yeah. to win this game by three and a half points um I still feel like NC State is going to win by like a really close game like I'm thinking they win by like three or six points yeah. one possession something like that um now you know so, some of uh my my degenerate friends would point out that uh, NC State has been they've been bad against the spread this year, but I, I don't know outside of Clemson. I don't know if they've been an yeah. underdog uh, that one time and they didn't cover. They lost by 10. So they're two and four against the spread this year and they're three and a half point dogs in this one. I, I still I, I feel like this is when Cinderella's uh, other shoe is going to fall off for Pitts for uh, for Syracuse. Excuse yeah. me. 
because I, I just think NC State is the better team. But it, it's really, really tough. That's why I'm so anxious to watch this one because yeah. I personally will not be betting on this game because I don't have a good feeling on it. Well, you know, I think that Sean Tucker is going to be the, the X factor here for Syracuse. And whether or not he's yeah. able to break through, find the holes, and really deliver, because we've seen him have difficult games this season against you know decent enough defenses. And this is probably the best defense that he's faced all year. Garrett Schrader can do just enough at quarterback. I'm not going to say Garrett Chambers and Schrader are about the same, but you have a serviceable quarterback. Here. Well, and I love, and I'm glad you brought up Schrader because I forgot to mention because he's he's taking care of the football so well. Like so, when you talk about doing just enough, the guy's got ten touchdowns to one INT this year, yeah. which that that plays so big in a game like this. A hundred percent. And then you look on the flip side, Syracuse's defense is nothing to sniff at. I had people in my comments first week when I was talking about, oh, Syracuse had an okay performance. They're like, okay, performance. They sent the podcast episode to coach and said, coach, listen to this. They don't believe in your defense very much. This is very real. True story. Wow. They sent, sent it to the coach and said, coach, they don't believe in our defense. They don't think we're tough enough, all the things. And I was like, nobody says Syracuse is bad. I'm a team. I'm a Dino fan over here. So please relax. But I think that Garrett Williams in that secondary is definitely going to make a long day for whoever is behind the um, the offensive line. And I also think that Demi Sumo is going to have to have a good game. Jordan Houston from the run game yeah. for NC State are going to have to have really good games. And, you know, overall, it's going to be a great matchup. I hope we don't see that Syracuse is potentially frauds, but that would tell me that if NC State is able to pull this off without Devin Leary at the helm. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because I don't I don't want anyone to think that I think they're frauds. I mean, I def definitely think I definitely think they've been punching above their weight. Yes. Um, but at the same time, um, I just I, I I think really highly of NC State. Even without Leary, I just think that they're they're pretty stacked. And uh, like you said, they're gonna have to run the football well. I, I think this could be this could be a low scoring game. This is one of those yeah. that like it feels like it's going to be a low scoring game. So it's going to end up being like 48 to 45 because like my, my Miami against North Carolina last week, that felt like it should have been a really high scoring game. Like you would have thought, yeah. Oh, it's going to be like whoever wins will probably score in the forties or fifties. And it was 27 to 24. So that's, that's yeah. one of the things that makes college football. So, so exciting because you, you never know Absolutely. what to expect as far as the flow of these games. No doubt about it. All right, guys, we're going to go to the back half of this weekend, week seven of all the games here. Next up, another big Atlantic Division matchup, Clemson and Florida State. Florida State will be playing at home. And, of course, in Tallahassee, things can get crazy. But they also can be a good team coming in and handling business, kind of like Wake Forest did when they came in and played Florida State last time. Florida State team who's coming off that loss against NC State, they're feeling the ways of, like, listen, we're a good team. We just haven't had the performance since probably week one where we've been able to show people, you know, cards stacked against us and doing a really good job. Now you've got Mr. Clemson here who's 6-0. They're but beyond unstoppable when it comes to defense. Definitely DJ is playing, punching above his weight, having a much better season than we all expected. We were ready to write him off, and now here he is really leading this team and doing more than enough. Like at first we were saying, if he just does enough, defense will make it work. He's doing more than, you know, we ever expected. But for going into Doke, what is the word? You know what I'm talking about, Doke Stadium. I don't care. Doke Campbell. Doke Campbell, thank you so much. I, I have enough bad memories of that place that uh, I'll never forget. <laughs> and enough Campbell great State. memories at Doke as well. Facts, facts. I just, I think Forest State can pull off an upset, but it's going to take a miracle. It would take a miracle. 
So they probably can't then if you're saying it's going to take a miracle. Because I, I agree. Like, and, and I, I think, honestly, um, and I think Florida State's a good team. I just think Clemson's a machine. Um, yes. And, yes. and w- one of the ways that I look at this is, like, Florida State is so strong running the football, but they're going up against a brick wall because you can't run on Clemson. So it's like yeah. the unstoppable force against the immovable object. But I, I think in yeah. this case, you usually would lean to the D. Like the great run defense usually stops the great running offense. And, you know, I, I think that they're really going to eliminate uh, Jordan Travis's ability to make plays on his feet and that they're going to rattle him a bit. So I just, um, you know, and another thing, you talked about DJ punching above his weight. He, he seems to get a little bit better and more comfortable every every game and and Clemson's got it rolling. I, I I thought that I you know saw a few weaknesses in their team preseason and then early on and you know at certain points like you know they gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards to Wake Forest but part of that is just Wake Forest offense being just so so innovative and and brilliant. Uh really really outside of that I I just think Florida State's going to have a hard time moving the yeah. football consistently. So I, I, I feel like Clemson's kind of undervalued here as, you know, three and a half point favorites on the road in Tallahassee. I know Doak is a tough place to play, but I, I think Clemson's probably going to win this game by about 10 points. Oh, 10 points. Okay, cool. I really want to bring up a YouTube comment because I love talking with fans who talk to us back. So Jamie Harper said, listen, Clemson defensive line is unstoppable against ACC offensive lines, but ACC football teams don't recruit quality offensive lines. Clemson defensive line wouldn't bully SEC teams like the way they did to Boston College or, you know, the other teams. So do you think that even if we look at Clemson, let's say they're the darling of the ACC right now, they win the ACC championship and they make Mm. college football playoffs, would they be up to snuff with the Ohio State, with the Auburn, the Alabamas of the world? Do you think that they would have a fighting chance if they were put in that position right now? I absolutely do think that they would because they, you know, they they look like they're loaded with first round talent on their D line, and and also, you know, I, I I trust the recruiting that Dabo has done there because we've seen Clemson win national championships, right? We've seen them go toe-to-toe with the Alabamas before and I know it's not all of the same players because a lot of those players have moved on to the NFL but it's they keep churning them in so I I do I mean if you know if this was if this was a team like we've never seen in the CFP before like let's say like a Pac-12 team like if you're trying to measure like how would USC look against you know an SEC powerhouse in the college football playoff that would be a lot tougher to handicap right because it's like you don't really have recent history there because you know USC hasn't been a powerhouse, uh, you know, in over 10 years, 10, 15 years when they, when they ran college football with, with, with Clemson, I, I've seen enough, enough evidence of it. And I, I think that they're genuinely loaded there. So I, I think they would be okay. They'd yeah. be okay there. A thousand percent. And I won't take offense to the fact that people say ACC doesn't have good offensive lines, because we wouldn't have this quarterback conference otherwise. Like people, your right. quarterback can't be, do well if he doesn't have people blocking for him and ha- allowing him to have time. So I get it, Jamie, but, you know, we're, we're going to take that L. And I also talked about on yesterday's show with uh, AJ Black about Brett Venables and how what's going on in Oklahoma and the fact that a lot of people said, oh, without Brett, you know, Clemson's defense wouldn't be that good. And we just said we spoke to the fact that Clemson really is a machine now. They are like the Alabamas. You you can 
move a piece and still keep rolling. Like Tony Elliott is gone and they're doing, seem to be doing just fine. Like you use your, you lose your two coordinators and it seems like nothing has changed. I think that's, I, I, I feel like, I feel like Venables probably misses Clemson a lot more than Clemson misses him right now. <laughs> he may be back in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Alabama is going to be like one of those Alabama things where, you know, your coach goes away, he comes back home and he's able to kind of regroup once he gets fired. You know, I think Dabba's has that position now where he's going to allow people to kind of come back, put themselves in a position to regroup and maybe go on to do good things. But yeah, it's just amazing to me how Clemson has really made this claim for themselves these, these past couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. So we're going to talk about the final game here. We are locked on ACC podcast, locked on Canes with Alex Dono each and every day. North Carolina and Duke face off. It's going to be a very good game because it's going to speak a lot to where the Coastal is lying. North Carolina currently is in number one spot in the standings, but Duke is not too far behind. Georgia Tech speaking up in there. It's a lot to play for still when it comes to this Coastal Division. There's a lot of game, a lot of games left, but this is definitely one of the best matchups we'll see out of Coastal teams at 8, 8 p.m. on ACC Network. How are you feeling about each opponent? Yeah, so I'll say North Carolina should win this game, but I'm almost tempted to pick Duke to win for one simple illogical reason, okay? <laughs> The ACC Coastal Gods will not allow any ACC Coastal team to start three and zero in conference. Like it just—that's yeah. it's just not the way this conference works, right? <laughs> Anytime you think like Pitt has it rolling, they're going to lose to a Georgia Tech, right? Anytime in years past where you thought Miami was rolling, they're going to lose a game that they're not supposed to win. And yeah. so now you've got you got North Carolina. Um, you know, not only have they been for the better part of the season really an offensive juggernaut. You know, they, they flex their defensive muscles a little bit against Miami. I mean, you know, Miami threw it all over them, but they did really good against the run, and they held Miami yeah. to 24 points. They had a yeah. great goal line stand. So, you know, I think now that you feel like North Carolina has it rolling and that they are, you know, favorites to win the Coastal, something awful is going to happen because that's just the way it goes in that division. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Duke, Duke is at home. They're seven-point underdogs at home. They're coming off a, a, a terrible loss. Um, you know, which almost makes you feel like maybe they're due for a bounce back. Uh, I, I'm expecting a high scoring game here because the, these are two struggling defenses, especially third down. Like they give up yes. so many third downs. Uh, you know, North Carolina did pretty well on third down last week, but I, I credit that to Miami being awful on third down as well. I think that had something to do with it. Uh, so, you know, I, I look at an over under of 67 and I, I feel like this will probably be a higher scoring game than that. And and we need our guy Elko to bounce back, Candace, because we said so okay. many nice things about him for the past month. He goes out and, you know, loses a, a terrible game and, and we're getting heckled for it. So I, I don't I'm want saying. that again. A hundred percent. I don't need people in my mentions thinking that I'm actually a dookie. And I just, that really hurts my heart that people thought. I'm a I, saw, I saw that tweet and my heart hurt for you because they <laughs> thought you would abandon Carolina for Duke, which obviously I mean, you can't do. That would be blasphemy. Blasphemy. And I think that ultimately what it boils down to is like, I think North Carolina has everything in front of them. And they, but what's annoying about North Carolina is when you do have everything in front of them, you are the top dogs, you are the ones everyone's sleeping on, blah, blah, blah. Like Josh Down said at ACC kickoff, it's like, all right, well, if you think everyone doubts you, keep proving us wrong. Like, keep going. Don't squat the bed when it comes to matchups that you're supposed to win. And this Duke matchup should be a gimme and it should be a layup. But in theory, we all know something crazy is going to happen. And I think 
we're going to see one of these games where they're going to get help. Like, you're going to have a lot of interceptions. Drake May is going to have, you know, an uncharacteristic game about himself, and Riley Leonard's going to go off, or you're going to see Shaka Hayward, Dwayne Carter, like, have all the sacks of their lifetime. Like, it's going to be very interesting, especially because you know there's so much is on the line for North Carolina. That's when they really blow it. So I'm not going to get I'm not going to get emotionally involved. I, I don't allow myself to get emotionally attached to this one because I'm going to get upset. Because I know they're going I know they're going to lose, and that's okay. Yeah, and and I, I I got to watch uh, Drake May in person uh, a few days ago, and while overall I'm obviously very impressed, he's an impressive mm-hmm. player. He just like his size and his his athleticism to go along with the great arm that he has. Like he's it's so dangerous how when you think you know you've got everybody covered, he's going to pick up 10, 12 big yards with his legs. Yeah, I will say though, and and he is so young. I think this comes into it. If you can put pressure on him, I think you can rattle him. I don't think he's we, – we saw it from Miami in the second half where they I, – I do think that they they got to him a little bit with the pressure. Yep. And I wish that the pass rushing adjustment that Miami made had been made earlier in the game because, you know, they were trying to get a little bit more tricky with some, with some stunts early on. Then they just basically decided we're going to have the – you know the the, the defensive uh, tackles just try to collapse the pocket and just let let the edge rushers just do their thing and and it's yeah. it started to work so and yeah. um, obviously uh, I'm sure I'm sure Duke watched that film and and they're going to try to pressure May and I know you say this obviously a lot of quarterbacks obviously they're going to play worse when they had pressure in their face but it was it was pretty noticeable for May I don't think that he quite has like the poise just yet of a seasoned yeah. vet he'll get there but I I, th- I think if, if you can put constant pressure on him you can make him uncomfortable yeah and I just hope he doesn't try and play hero ball I think that's when you make the mistakes I think that's when you do throw the interceptions it's when you try and be the hero like I hope he just relaxes plays his game and, and because of rivalry and all the things that can amp you up I hope he stays dialed in but you're absolutely right he could make some more more freshman mistakes because of him being young and still trying to figure things out and knowing that there's so much on the line but I just want my man to slide. Like, don't get hurt. Come out of this one unscathed, yeah. and I'll be good to go. We'll, we'll keep rolling. So all the all those. Yeah, you know, things. one one of Miami's coaches last week uh, compared him, and I know, like, it it seems unfair to like put this on like a you know freshman college quarterback, but uh, you know Miami's defensive coordinator compared him to Josh Allen, where if you go just yeah. by like the way he plays and the size profile and the athleticism, it it makes sense. It matches up. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, we have four games, four really good games. I think overall it's going to be another great week for ACC football. And then, of course, we have tip-off. We'll talk about that next week and all the things as ACC basketball will be underway. cannot believe we're already at that time of year. It's just amazing. And honestly, can't wait to talk about Miami basketball because that was a nice surprise last season. But if folks want to find you, check out any of that information. Where can they follow you, Alex? Sure. Yeah. You can follow, uh, follow our show on Twitter at locked on canes. We will follow you back. You can follow my personal, no guarantees on the follow back there at Alex Dono and make sure you listen to and watch locked on canes every day on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Alex only follows VIPs from his personal page. So don't feel offended. So <laughs> I already follow so many people. Like I follow so many people already that it's like, I'm very selective with the follow backs on the personal page. Cause it's like I, it. the timeline's big enough. We love it. We love it. Guys, come back tomorrow. Freestyle Friday with Drizzy Drake. I'm sure he'll have a mouthful about that Florida State-Clemson matchup. Can't wait to hear how he's going to get you right with that betting action for the weekend. For Candace Cooper, Alex Dano, until next time.